Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. Hey, Tanya. Hey, Gat. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Intro to intro. Let's have a couple of them, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> She and this was, is not even a two-parter. Well, it is a two-parter. I'll let you tell everyone about it. But th- we're, this is not the second recording. We're already slap happy. <laughs> hmm. uh, they just don't realize we've been chatting for um, a long while. Yeah. Yes. So what are we talking about today? We are talking about fear. And this is one of my favorite topics. I've got a lot of favorite topics, but this is one of my favorites. Yeah. Because I love talking about it because fear has held me back from doing so many things in my life. And so it's literally close to my heart. Right. And no one can say that they have never been afraid. Yeah. No one. No. Fear at some point will take over your life, your decisions. It might be momentary or it might be a phase, right? Like you think about big life changes and how you can go through weeks or months waking up each day just, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Right? Well, and not all fear is bad because we have to have fear to protect ourselves from real danger because it's an important response to the physical and emotional dangers in our lives. Back in the days of our ancestors, you know, they had to protect themselves from wild animals. So they had that fear instinct or highwaymen when they were traveling, you know, you had to have fear to keep you alive. But it's still important in modern times, like when you're sleepy when you're driving. You need to have a healthy fear of that when you're walking alone to your car in a dark parking lot. Fear is a good thing to keep your, you know, instincts alert. Or even if you have that weird feeling if you're going out with someone or just a lot of times listening to our gut isn't being silly. And a lot of times we just push those instincts aside like, oh my gosh, this is fine. I'm fine. But some those instincts can keep us alive. And, you know, and we can even feel fear if we're speaking in front of a group of people or getting on an airplane to fly over the ocean is a part of our lives. And like you said, everyone has fear. Right. And to your point, there is healthy fear that acts as a guide for us in, you know, making proper decisions like, you know, hey, should I walk on this thin ice or should I not? <laughs> like, I mean, there there is yeah. also, you know, those those types of fears are, you know, healthy in guiding us in our path in our life. But mm-hmm. I think what you and I really want to focus on is more the fear that is maybe a little less rational, but the fear mm-hmm. that ties us up inside or the fear mm-hmm. that keeps us from moving into something that really we we could move into and we would strive if we could get past the fear, mm-hmm. right? A lot of times people can allow fear to take over their lives to such a point that they really 
quit living. They quit living as fully as they could. And that's for me when fear becomes a big problem is when you allow your fear to be bigger than your life. Yeah. And or if it starts hurting healthy relationships or hurting, Mm -hmm. you know, your career path or your trajectory in life, like when fear starts making, you know, your actions debilitated or, you know, that you're your behavior becomes stunted because of it, mm-hmm. then then yes, it's moved into an unhealthy phase. So I think, you know, what we want to let our listeners know is that Kat and I have gathered so much content and so many, you know, tidbits of ways about fear that we're going to break this into a two-part episode. We're going to do the first part of the episode on fear relative to like, what are signs and symptoms? Where does it come from? How do we detect whether it's rational or irrational, right? And then we're we're going to move more into the psychology of it, um, how we can find coping mechanisms, and then also an interesting twist on how the sacred texts feel about fear and just kind of how it cool, that cool thread of information from all of the cool sacred texts too. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be a fun episode or two. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, and you know, we're living in a time in our universe, in our world where fear is very big business. We seldom turn on the news or read the news where it's happy. You don't, you just don't get happy news much. Do you remember there was an old song back in the 70s? from Anne Murray. I sure could use a little good news today, you know, and that's kind of how we are because a lot of the news channels keep us tuned in because we want to see what the latest fear is. And they, the news channels and all these sources of fear hold power over us. Yeah. And it's everywhere in media too. Like, you know, we can have these lovely conversations with our friends and things, but usually there's like, oh, did you hear? Like, right, mm-hmm. like all of a sudden it's like, ah, no, like, yeah. let's not go there. Let's I know. <laughs> I know. let's talk about the new puppy down the street. <laughs> but I mean, that's not to say, you know, you want to stick your head in the sand by any means, because you want to know what's going on in the world, but to focus completely yeah. on fear and you know, that just sucks, sucks all the positivity out of your world. Yeah. So hopefully when you're finding those people and you're talking about those things that you're getting response out of people that's helping you rise above it as opposed mm-hmm. to staying stuck in it. Yeah. Having um, a great network around you. So let's dive in. So when I was doing my research, I took it down the medical side. Like, you know how I kind of love that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. my, my first, my first uh, investigation was typical symptoms of fear, right? Because we all have, you know, we talk about our energy, we talk about our central nervous system, but you know, what is that flight and fright response that's mm-hmm. happening in our body? So some of the things that can crop up when you're dealing with uh, unresolved fear can be as much as chest pains, Maybe it's a, like heartburn. Maybe it's truly chest pains like that you're feeling like you can't catch your breath. Maybe you get chills. Maybe you have dry mouth, nausea or stomach ache. Like maybe this is butterflies that then turn into something worse than butterflies, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe your increase in your heart rate, like maybe even all the way to like AFib, shortness of breath. Maybe you start to sweat or you feel the red rise in your neck and you know 
you've seen people do it or even yourself, you've felt it where your neck, your ears get red, like right, your blood pressure is rising and or that you fear so much that you begin to tremble. Like these are typical classic signs of unattended fear. Yep. And we've all felt most of them, I'm sure, at some point. We have all felt most of them for sure. And then in addition to that, like we can go into more the emotional response and know that there is both fear in um, the negative fashion, but then there is also fear in the positive fashion of people who like really love fear seeking, like, mm-hmm. right? Because they love the thrill of that adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. Bungee and, jumpers. And and <laughs> I, I, I would have to say I'm one of them. I've jumped out of an airplane and I would totally jump out of an airplane again, right? Because there is some excitement in that. But there's also a little piece of me that says that anxiety as you build up to that place for me in that excitement is that I trust that I'm going to be safe, even though I'm doing something wild and crazy, right? So for me, that fear seeking isn't because I actually have fear. It's actually because I do like that accelerated feeling, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to the flip, where maybe we get close to phobias, where maybe we are approaching a person who can't even go near an airport because they're so deathly afraid of flying or, you know, the idea of an airplane crashing, right? Mm -hmm. And so there is also the very far other side. And I think that some of the information that you have is relative to how do you determine whether this is healthy fear or maybe not healthy fear? And where and how do we decide that this is maybe a phobia? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, you know, we've talked about how fear can be helpful, but we haven't talked about yet. And I'll get into some of the other things that you mentioned, but we haven't talked about what happens when we ignore fear. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do that. I know. <laughs> it, it's really not impossible to really ignore it. We can try to repress it, but it proves impossible in the long run. We can, however, ignore our instincts and our intuition, and that often results in missed opportunities. And that can... Uh, produce actions that we're not proud of, and it could even put us in physical peril. Anytime that we feel fear instead of ignoring it or trying to hide from it, just acknowledge it and identify what's behind it. And identifying the fear and understanding why it has arisen in the first place helps in eliminating it. So that's, so we really can't ignore fear. It just makes it compound. It gets bigger. And, you know, energetically speaking, when I'm working on people, I can detect fear in the body quite mm-hmm. easily because it shows up in distinct spots in the body. Really? Well, tell me. <laughs> like where? I want to know. <laughs> no, come and see me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So how do you as an energy practitioner deal with that? If you can sense someone is fear, do you address them when I mean, this is generally in a Reiki session? Yeah, like oh. in an in a Reiki session. So but first of all, I have to determine for myself, is this just localized? Like, is this just this person is nervous being here? Mm-hmm. Like white coat syndrome when you go into the doctor's office, like, right? Yeah. Is this just anxiety for Oh, what are you going to tell me? Mm-hmm. Or is this more deep seated fear? And, and it usually is pretty quick to detect the difference. And I might 
might say to them, are you nervous being here? And then if they're like, well, I mean, maybe a little, then I'll be like, okay, this is definitely something much bigger than that. Mm -hmm. And so then I'll be like, do you feel like there's anything in your life that you're afraid of right now? And or do you feel like fear is a word that comes up for you a lot? And then they'll be like, oh my gosh, yeah, I didn't, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So most of the time people know it, right? Just like all things, most of the time we know when we're not doing healthy things for our body or if we're over worrying, worriers know they worry, (laughs) you know, like. Well, you've got to use that intuition and, you know, fear and intuition are intrinsically linked. And because we're all armed with intuition, well, we all have those responses to fear that we know we should listen to and intuitions, what we know without knowing why. Mm, And I love that, right? Because Mm -hmm. intuition ties directly, third eye chakra ties Mm -hmm. directly to third chakra, the gut feeling, Mm -hmm. like that intuition and that gut feeling are so closely related, like, oh, ooh, hmm. And then you're like, yep, nope, right? Or you're (laughs) like, yes, totally, like, it's so, so closely related. I love that. But, you know, I think it, you know, we've got, we've talked a lot about the fears that we need to have, but we really haven't talked about um, how do you know when your fears are illogical, right. you know, because that um, almost every illogical fear almost always follows follows a what if. And I don't remember where I saw that written, but I thought, oh, I've got to write that down. That's awesome. Because if you're, if you know you're an experiencing a logical fear, when you're having a fear response to something hypothetical, that's when the what if follows. It keeps you worried. It keeps you frantic. It keeps you insecure. It can hinder your experience of life in a variety of ways. It can lead you to emotional distress and anxiety disorders to the point that a lot of times people are go and get treated for the emotional distress and anxiety disorders. And it can manifest physically as well. Like people that experience extreme Fright can develop painful migraines in just hours after being startled. But unlike healthy fear or real fear, this kind of fear is the type that we want to try to work to release or let go of. And, you know, once you decide and follow it up with action, you can, you're working on trying to nullify that fear. And that takes a whole lot of commitment, a whole lot of mental work. But, you know, as long as you are on a good path and you've got a good set of tools and a good guide to help you, it definitely can be done. And it sounds easy when I say it that way, because none of this, none, none of this transformational type work is easy, but it's all worth it. If it was easy, we'd all be doing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, and, you know, to your point, like it goes back to, you know, how do we determine when this is healthy fear, when this is, you know, localized normal fear, or when this is, you know, uncontrolled phobias, right? And there's that line between, okay, rational fear versus irrational fear. Rational fear is one I can talk myself down out of, right? Rational Mm -hmm. fear says, okay, Tanya, this doesn't seem reasonable. Maybe you need to consider there is some safe ways that you could do this. 
You just need to apply some tools and then that rational fear becomes manageable, right? Mm -hmm. An irrational fear is unmanageable. Irrational fear is, you know, maybe there is an onset of vomiting or uncontrolled shakes or maybe hyperactivity, screaming, wailing, flailing, you know, and people can't even convince you that it's going to be okay. Like you can't even hear that, right? right? And now you've moved from what is rational to what is irrational when you can't even listen to the possibility mm -hmm. that there could be a safe way to manage this. Mm -hmm. You're unable to apply the tools. And so there's that line between can I figure out how to safely manage this or is this just unmanageable for me? Yeah. And one thing to think about with that, um, that line is every time we feed that fear, we give into it and it grows. And it, we keep providing the nourishment that that fear needs when we give into it because it becomes stronger and the appetite that fear has grows. And that's where when we move into the second phase of our podcast, part two, where we're going to talk about triggers, but then we're also going to talk about the psychology and some desensitization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's super cool stuff, right? So let's talk about some of the things just in case there are people who aren't going to listen to both episodes, which why wouldn't they? <laughs> but just in case they don't, some some quick coping mechanisms that we can use besides the obvious of talking to someone like literally I'm scared. Could you please help me through this? Right. And talking to a professional like we've already alluded to, if you feel like this is unmanageable, seeking mental help, right, to work through these fears, but also in general mindfulness. You and I have talked about this, like take a deep breath, come into the present, what's real. And you and I have talked about this on multiple other episodes. If you have the time, take and do the rabbit hole. Take yourself all the way to the end of that fear. And at the end of that fear, where are you now? Right? What's what's happening? We have a big thunderstorm. You heard that thunder? <laughs> I'm like, what's happening? I mean, it shook the house. <laughs> My god. I was like, are you growling? Are you moaning? Are you agreeing with me? Are you no. disagreeing? And you know, I had just a wee bit of fear there, but my rational mind just looked out the window and said, okay, it's not a tornado, it's not an earthquake, it's just thunder. But that was some big thunder, big ass thunder. Holy cow. That was wow. Great. All right. Well, leave that in know. or not. <laughs> I think we're leaving that in. I don't even know what I was talking about. I don't that know was, either. That was well-timed. Wow. Perfect. I think that we were just talking about, I was talking about mindfulness and coming to that yeah. place of being present and taking a deep breath and addressing, like, is this real for me? And if I have the time and the safe capacity that I can rabbit hole it, I can take it down the rabbit hole. And when I get to the rabbit hole, what happens at the end? And, and even if I take it down the rabbit hole, I jump out of the plane, the parachute doesn't open, I fall to my death. Okay. Worst but case scenario. I, worst case scenario. <laughs> but then I take a deep breath and I'm like, but I'm right here. Right. And mm -hmm. that hasn't actually happened. And that's something that my head turned on. Right. And so now how can I back up out of the rabbit hole and realize that it doesn't have to come true? 
right? Mm -hmm. And so pranayama is a big piece, taking a big deep breath, stress management. What all are you putting on yourselves right now that is causing you the inability to be rational when things come up? Mm -hmm. Are you so stressed right now that when something comes up, you automatically go to fear, right? Right. And then, of course, taking care of your physical health. Every time your body feels less than healthy when stuff comes up, you are unable to manage it because of what comes up, right? Mm -hmm. So having a healthy body also is going to help keep you healthy, mm -hmm. right? Okay. So on our next part two, just as a segue, we're going to cover the psychology. We're going to cover sacred texts. We're going to cover book recommendations, and we're going to cover all of Kat's really amazing coping mechanisms. <laughs> Tune in. Tune in. Perfect. I'm Kat Kahn. And I'm Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas on a Pod signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast, and we hope you will share your comments or questions. Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at twopittasonapod.